Very specific. Very yeah, I good. thought I looked at it and it was already thirty six, so I was gonna I was like if I say forty that might be too yeah. soon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think time. we're I think I think we could have done it. Um We could have, but you know, we have a guest on. We want to be professional <laughs> about this. Oh yeah, you know me, I'm all about professionalism. Yeah. Yeah, if you're not professional in front of Roy, um I will kill you. Yeah, and we can't have that. No. That would be bad. Yeah, um, that's a, that's illegal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, supposedly. Who's introducing this week? Hello, listeners. Welcome to tan 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 to tan tan tan. My name is Sarah McCostumes, and I, well, I'm not an alcoholic, but do you know who is? I am. I guess. <laughs> I, I'm. I'm. Just, yeah, I'm just gonna take a big sip of this glass of water. <laughs> what is this? Disgusting. <laughs> Oh my god, they died. Roy, was this your plan all along? <laughs> oh no, I didn't I didn't mean to do that. There was just supposed to be crab juice in there. Oh shit. Hello, listeners, we have a guest. It's Would me, you like Roy. to introduce yourself? Roy! Yeah. Hi, it's me, Roy, also known as a real Chinese puzzle. Um I'm here. <laughs> How's it going? Since we hashtag Poppet has become a very well loved member of our pack, we have decided to inaugurate her as hashtag Rotus. Even though she's not a resident of the actual White House or a professional Biden pet, Puppet truly deserves to be title of hashtag first rabbit. <sighs> Signed Major Winston and Charlie. How do you feel about that, Roy, as the as the Bnui expert of uh, of my internet sphere? Um I'm gonna log off, I think. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Um Rabbit of official rabbit of the White House. I mean, it's good to have representation, but under these circumstances, I can't hand it to him. Yeah, no, you know <laughs> this. This bunny endorses fracking. Come on, uh, yeah. no bunny would endorse. It's fracking. not even a. Re- it's true. The best thing about it is, is that it's not even real. Like it's, it's just, not real. It's just some rabbit that appeared on some pictures around the White House, and they decided that this is now part of the. The name Poppet they actually picked because they they call all pets Poppet because of the way they pop out of nowhere. What? <laughs> I'm. Very confused. Hold on, this... Okay, the the full sentence because of the way they pop out of nowhere when humans open the fridge or a wrapper. I hate this. I... You know, I... You know, um, last uh, week, several weeks ago, you know, when it was 9-11 yeah. and all, um, never forget, um, I, forget. like, forget. I was in, I was, you know, chatting with my flatmate, Kristen, and she was like, Sarah, some of your Twitter friends have been making just like just a, just a lot of like kind of tasteless jokes about nine eleven and like <laughs> I'm not really I don't like are you sh- like this seems doesn't seem legit sir and like she was very concerned and showed me a picture Yanush of your post oh um <laughs> because she didn't know the Oval Office was a thing oh my god so. <laughs> uh- well, I can see, I can see that be a be an issue. She's just like completely unhinged. There was like one other person who, 
who commented under the real global, the real over Puffy's account. We might have talked about this last or, or, or we, the, yeah, we on the relevant have. episode, but like one person who commented under that, under the real one got blocked by them and then commented under mine because I thought I was the legit one that was, <laughs> it was still the, it's kind of the opposite experience to, to your friend who just didn't know it was a thing. <laughs> Uh, this person, yeah, this person, you know, knew the Oval Office was a thing, but didn't know about 9-11, so it was uh-huh. a bit confusing. <laughs> um, yeah, I can tree... see that be confusing. Oh, God. The two axes of culture, can we please talk about tension? <laughs> Holy shit. I would rather be talking about the abhorrent racism of our day <laughs> than this. Here, we can talk about this picture of Robert Fripp holding a bunny. That's the only first grab that I want to hear yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> This is already oh. cleansing my spores. It's good! 21st century Benui man! Yeah! <laughs> I'm relaxed. I'm at peace. We're at Always peace. good with the yeah. world. Now we can, now we can talk is... about racism and alcoholism, parentheses, funny. Yeah. yeah. There is, listeners, funny. there is one step, and it is crab. Specifically, <laughs> it is the crab with the golden claws, which is the Tintin uh, adventure that we read this week. How yes. did we find it, gamers? Tintin is undergoing carcinization. <laughs> um, it was it was aside from the racism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was fun, <laughs> and also aside from the alcoholism. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say also aside from the the um, yeah. So I have a plot summary written for this book. Yeah, and it is while on the track of some opium smugglers yet again. Brackets different ones this time. Close bracket. Tin Tin comes across the ship, Carbidigen, and its captain, Captain Haddock. Captain Haddock is an alcoholic. Did you know that uh, Captain Haddock is an alcoholic? Just so you know, (laughs) Captain Haddock might just be an alcoholic. That is the plot of this book. I don't know if I picked up on that. You're going to have to show me evidence. Yeah. um, Fuck. It's a lot. (laughs) It's really a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Like... I just, I just, okay, so a little bit of background. This is the first Tintin book, like, full publication book to, like, be written while he was essentially working for the Nazis. Hmm. Uh, we'll go over that, like, in more detail, like, next week when we talk about the shooting star, because it's a bit more relevant. Yeah. But, like, I'm just kind of picturing Hergé being like, okay, I cannot write about politics. Can't do anything yeah, political. His his previous book that he wrote was about like was trying to very subtly critique the Nazis so subtly that we wouldn't have picked up on it. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, and now his and now his newspaper has been the newspaper he's been working for has been occupied by the Nazis and he's like still working there. Uh, so like the one the, the one that he was gonna write next had to be had to be abandoned. Mm. Um, I, I, I just think he was like okay well I can't say the Nazis are bad what else is bad oh alcohol right let's go <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is this is the first appearance of uh, of Captain Haddock as we have teased in many previous episodes um, Haddock mm-hmm. is gonna show up in in the series and he's gonna have, he's gonna do funny swears <laughs> and funny alcohol and it's gonna be all great it wasn't it wasn't quite all great yet. Um, yeah, I think like Haddock in this like is not really the Haddock that I know and think of. Like Haddock in this is the most pathetic man I've yeah. ever seen. <laughs> He's so miserable. When Haddock is it's ped of pitiful. Uh-huh. Roy, you might not know this as a as a newcomer to to the Tintinverse, mm-hmm. but 
Haddock, the most popular character of uh, of this series, the breakout character, um, more popular than Tintin, <laughs> and I would, I would even dare to say the most like interesting, well realized character. Um, not quite, not quite that in this book. I think there's already <laughs> some signs of future greatness to come, but he's. He's going through an arc. <laughs> I was gonna say, I, going, yeah, yeah I, I would guess that. Because, like, I can see, I can definitely see traces, like, underneath the funny alcoholism yeah. jokes that, uh, this is, this is a character who, he, he has a lot of potential. He's going places. I believe in this guy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you start from the bottom, there's nowhere to go but yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. He's, in a way, a very similar character to Vimes Discworld, who also starts, like, hmm. in, in, a very similar place, right? Like he's also down mm, in miserable the gutter, piece of shit. fully alcoholic, um, and yeah, then he like... sobers up and gets a wife. <laughs> That's what happens to Vimes? Yeah, like I'm thinking of again future Haddock parallels to Vimes. This, this is this, this is going places. Now, when you um, now when you say gets a wife, are we talking about? Uh, are there parallels with Haddock spending half of this comic hugging Tintin? <laughs> yeah, Tintin is the wife. Tintin diagnosed with wife. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, they are in love. Yeah. And I think that's well established in this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I gotta say, like, one of the only, like, Tintin related Twitter accounts I follow, like, all they post is, like, Haddock Tintin art. And I'm like, this is very cute. There's a lot of that. It's like, um, yeah. It's just there. It's just textual. It's, yeah. It's interesting because RJ is. I mean, and she is a type of author who is completely uninterested in putting any, like, any of the romance that you would expect from a lot of narratives mm. in it, right? Like, this... Yeah. There's no... There's not a single, like, textual relationship that is established in these comics. And at the same time, there's, like, er- Tintin and Zhang, whose whose relationship is... Uh, very uh, homoerotic, I would argue. <laughs> uh, mm. And then we have Tintin and Haddock, so it's it, it really feels like there's something going on there, even though Erge is a wife guy. Um, <laughs> the name the name Captain Haddock was uh, established, apparently, because he was trying to come up with a name, and his oh, yeah. wife was cooking Haddock for dinner. Oh my god. The the quote that like where the name come from is like ah oh, my wife was the he of like a a, a sad English fish <laughs> <laughs> that tracks like she was just like it sounds a bit pathetic to me and I'm like yeah that yeah make complete sense hi sorry Fallon just got home hi, hi Fallon hi I'm talking about homoeroticism and Tintin <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah um. I was gonna say something. Oh yeah, is it is it possible that Hergé was like such a wife guy that like he was? That's why he was so hesitant to put any romance in here. Like I can't let any of my energy that goes towards being a wife guy <laughs> go into my comic. <laughs> okay, speaking of wife guy Hergé, like I was, I, so I like actually finally read the whole Wikipedia page for like 
fucking George Remy Hergé. Oh, I was reading that like, shit. Because um, I was, I was like, I, what does it say anything about like Hergé and alcohol? Because like I'm reading this and I'm like, I don't think Hergé has ever drank. Like, so I was reading the Wikipedia page. I was like, okay, is it going to say that he's like straight edge? Is it going to say he's like an advocate of like not drinking? Doesn't mention alcohol at all. You go into the Hergé Wikipedia page, control F, alcohol, tr- no, fucking nothing. Interesting. But I did find a bit about his first wife. Okay. And basically, his editor made him and his wife get married because he didn't want two of his staff members to be single, so he just kind of like oh peer God. pressured them into getting married. What and the then f- that obviously that marriage ended very badly. Where does it say? Yeah, it was like his first wife was just like like one of the colorists or like a secretary. His first wife was one of the secretaries at Le Petit Fontiem and like he'd walk her home at night. They weren't like they liked each other, but they weren't like really kind of like into it. She was actually more into the editor, but like the editor was like, Oh no, you guys should get married. And it says on twentieth July nineteen thirty two, Hergé and Kikien were married, although neither of them was entirely happy with the union, they had encouraged they had been encouraged to do so by Walla, who insisted that all his single staff married and who personally carried out the wedding ceremony. So that's a little bit concerning. Um, the other concerning thing about his wife is it says, greatly admiring Valle, the the um, editor, whom she looked up to as a father figure, she adopted his fascist political beliefs. Great. <laughs> yeah, this is the guy who has the Mussolini portrait in his office. So oh, Tremendous. Okay, okay. I don't. I have to assume that this is the woman who was like mm, Haddock, a, a, a pathetic English fish. Hmm. Yeah. Much to think about. There's just a lot to think about. Yeah. So maybe he was know. not. Maybe he was not so much a wife guy and more like, uh, "Oh, I hate my wife" guy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and he was like, maybe coming up with this character was like his. I could see him be. Here's my. Here's my RPF. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> My RJ head cannon, <laughs> which is that he, he doesn't want to spend time with his wife, so he's like, "Oh, I have to work really hard on my comic. I don't even know what this new character is called. I'm, I'm really, I'm really thinking about this." And then she's like, "Oh, it's called him Haddock, like the fish I just cooked." And whatever. Apparently, they were like, they only got divorced in Jesus Christ. There's like a lot of drama on the Hergé Wikipedia yeah. page, like a lot. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, I don't want we to. We can get really into get that. into it like later, I guess. Yeah, yeah. A lot of weeds I mean, to head just, through. It just doesn't seem like he's into women. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. He's trying to write yeah. dudes rock. He really is trying to write dudes rock, but instead of rocking, they're just like saying lists of slurs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Just as many as they can think of. Um, <laughs> Which is, from what I understand, what many dudes do in their free time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and look, this, um, was, this was Belgium in the 40s. So yeah. It was a different time. It was different, different things were considered offensive. Yeah. Um, actually, I, I've just realized, Roy, we didn't, like, I mean, we, we vaguely know your history with Tintin, but what is your history with Tintin? Official question. Fuck all. Okay, yeah. excellent. Now you've got that out of the way, do you want to talk about uh, the adventures of Tintin, the crab with golden claws? Bye. Our friend and enemy, Hergé. Crab of the show. Crab of the show. Let's talk about the crab cycle. It it starts with Tintin finding a Tintin. Ah! 
Well, I guess Snowy <laughs> technically finds the tin. Yeah. yeah. This I love this little sequence of Snowy hooking through the trash, it's the good. garbage, the, the bin, is, and yeah. And she is at this point very good at um drawing Snowy's s- Snowy uh dynamically, Antics? you know, like yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's just yeah. really got dog anatomy figured out. <laughs> just and dog vibes. Dog yeah. like, yeah. On yeah. one end you have, uh, on one end you have Snowy, and then on the other hand you have Iggy, <laughs> and that's <laughs> where all comic dogs fall. Yeah, <laughs> the Hershey Iraqi sliding scale of dogs. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's like uh, it's the it's the it's the small small dog scale, I guess. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. They're approximately same in size. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Very different in persuasion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, uh, Snowy finds a tin of crab in the trash, gets it stuck on his nose, has to go for Tintin for help. Uh, the tin of crab, which will come up later, has like a little piece of its wrapper torn off. Um, uh huh. Uh-huh. After that, Tintin just goes up, meets up with the Thompsons for drinks. Um, there's a funny bit with a waiter. And the Thompsons are like, they're investigating some stuff, whatever, it doesn't really matter. And then Tintin ends up like looking through the papers of their investigation and seeing the torn off piece of paper from that crab tin. And he's like, uh, nanny? Yeah, nanny? <laughs> there's a lot of funny slapstick with the with the Thompson Twins 80s band. Um, <laughs> one of them says I've forgotten my stick, uh, which is just a good sentence in my opinion. They're really just like ZZ Top with less. <laughs> like, it's two thirds. Now that you say top. they're an, now that you say they're an eighties band. <laughs> Elaborate on that. It's like two <laughs> two people with like very noticeable headwear and facial hair, you know. Okay, okay. TT top. See, well, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. See, well, I was referring to the actual uh, British pop band formed in April 1977, Thompson Twins. Which, oh shit! I just opened up their page uh, just yeah. to see things about them. The band was named after the two bumbling detectives, Thompson and Thompson, in Urgy's comic strip, The Adventures of Tintin. Yeah, that seems like what a you very know? obvious reference, yeah. I like yeah, it. Thompson Twins, the origin. I love that. Um,. John yeah. Podgorski, known as Pod on drums. <laughs> okay, that that should be that should be our name because we're a podcast. Everything is um, everything comes full wins. circle. They don't look like them at all. They don't. If you're gonna call your band on the Thompson Twins, at least wear fucking bowler hats. At least hats wear the hats. <laughs> or like little mustaches, like yeah. Yeah. What, what, like what me and Janos are gonna wear when we go to. Brussels Comic Con 2023 <laughs> or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> when you go to Tintin Con. When we go to Tintin Con. <laughs> um, Are they at least twins? I don't think so. I already closed it. Oh. Tom Bailey, Joe Leeway, Elena Curry. Doesn't seem like it. No. Yeah, you can't. You can't have everything. No. Um, they're can, not everyone can be Jed Ward. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Thompson Twins Jedward. <laughs> I'm thinking about it. Um, so, it is a uh, cute moment with uh, with the Thompsons, though, in that one of them forgets his hat and the other forgets his stick. <laughs> you yeah, gotta have yeah, both. And they're like, 
<laughs> the running to like find each other and they crash into each other. Excellent yeah. Thompson twins hijinks. Um, but yeah, they're running after Tintin, who's like ran back to the like the trash where he find where Snowy find the crab tin, and he's like, I've got to find it, but he can't find it. What he does find is like a uh, Japanese man. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, we know who this man is Japanese because he looks like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's the exact. But it it's my theory. On this, my which which I cannot confirm is that Ajay put this character in to like spite all the people who said, "Oh, every Japanese character in the Blue Lotus was evil." Oh no, no, that's literally in the Wikipedia page. Like that's literally oh like God. um because he was working because like the Nazis were controlling the newspaper. He oh, like I put see. in a Japanese character to be nice to kind of make up for that because like they were fucking allied with Japan. Like, that's literally <laughs> in the Wikipedia page. That is like sort of confirmed. <laughs> drawing this, he's drawing this guy. He's <laughs> saying to himself, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm trying to remove it." Literally, yeah. He at least um, isn't. He at least isn't given phon- a phonetic accent in his dialogue, no, yeah. which I. Appreciate. He also doesn't have the buck teeth. Of, of no, the, yeah. Only, yeah. the only phonetic accent we had so far, I think, was one of the many like Spanish-speaking guys in 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 the Broken Ear. Like everyone, everyone else didn't have an accent, even though they were also supposed to be like. Uh, South American, but that one yeah. guy had like a phonetic Spanish accent. I don't know what's going on there. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, you know, he just put it in there to inspire Patrick Rothfuss many years later. <laughs> and there's like a bit where like Tintin has a scrap of paper and he's like, I've got to investigate this. And there's like a, two pages of bit with like a magnifying glass that go nowhere and do yeah. nothing. Tintin um, is kind of dripping though. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Elaborate on that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's he's, he's he's just dripping a little bit. He um uh-huh. he's got like his his little his little outfit. He's got a little yellow sweater vest. Got his little suit. Got his little his little high up socks. I just the the little like britches I love. They're, They're good, just... Sarah. I can see you wearing this outfit. <laughs> yeah, I'm picturing okay. this outfit IRL, and you're wearing it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you kind yeah. of has kind of have similar hair color to. Um... <laughs> okay. Can. Speaking of Tintin's hair, real quick, we you sent the you showed us the link to the like stop motion oh, yeah. uh, animated oh, version yeah. of this, and I was watching it. I watched like a bit of it, maybe the first fifteen or twenty minutes or so of it, and um, the the way the lighting is not very good, and the fact that it's in black and white, I kept looking at Tintin's hair, and I was like, why why does he kind of look like he's got the Voros twins look? In this, <laughs> it's only, <laughs> only in the stop motion version. Forest twins, <laughs> a Da Vinci. Yeah, the Da Vinci I see. boys. Yeah. yeah, I see. Yes. Um, I was trying uh, to come up with something, but like, the snowy is the best I got, and that's nothing. <laughs> da Tintin. Forest <laughs> twins kind of have Thompson twins energy. They do <laughs> a little bit. I mean, it's a classic. It's a classic act, right? Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The clown. Twins. did it. Thompson yeah. twins did it. Yeah, just two buffoons, two identical buffoons. We all. Yeah, I mean, it. if I had an identical twin, I, I think I think if you're an identical twin, you already have like a career written out for you. Like you're either gonna be a wrestler uh-huh. or a clown or both. <laughs> <laughs> like fucking. It's it. your fate. The 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 Hardy boys, you know, Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy, they kind of do both or did when they were at the same promotion. 
<laughs> and the Da Vinci twins are also wrestlers. So mm-hmm. it's like, mm-hmm. it's just a good act. Yeah, and I've got to say, like, all the other, like, identical twins I've met in real life have been via theater, which is basically yeah. clonery. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Um, there, there's, yeah, Tintin finds the name of the boat. The boat is a uh, Karabudian, and he gets on the boat. Oh, he nearly gets killed by a crate, actually. That's fun. Yeah. He's investigating stuff. Yeah. He's on the boat. He gets informed that, like, a Japanese person was looking for him. His his landlady is, uh, he hears his landlady scream, and he goes out, yeah. and she's the one who refers to him uh, alternately as a Japanese or a Chinese gentleman, which... Yeah, she, sure. she's like... I mean, it seems realistic for for for, for a landlady. You know? Yeah! <laughs> when you put it she, that way. She, she's doing the thing where when someone says they use, like, she and they pronouns... Mm-hmm. Um, and she's doing that kind of slightly obnoxious thing where you use both of those in like the same sentence and it's like a little <laughs> bit confusing. Um, but instead of she and they, it's Chinese and Japanese. Uh huh. Um, I don't think this gentleman was using Japanese and Chinese identities though. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> yeah, she's just wrong. <laughs> yeah, um, his pronouns are not Japanese slash Chinese. No. <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, this guy got attacked uh, by these other people, knocked out. Um, yeah, he so got dragged into a van. Is, so yeah, he he goes to this ship, Karabujan, Karabujan. I don't know how it's supposed to be pronounced. I think the because I the, the like oh yeah again like this um as Roy mentioned this has a stop motion anim- animation movie yeah. uh, which was actually the first ever Tintin film adaptation oh. it's it's quite adorable you can find it on YouTube it's just The Grab with Golden Claws 1947 there's like a French version and also like a Canadian dub which is very funny <laughs> from the 90s um, it's ki- it's very cute but a little bit shit to look at because you can't really see what's happening because it's a stop motion black and white movie from 1947 mm-hmm. um but in that they said Garaboujon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's how I read it in my head when I was reading it. Um, but it's just because I have learned <laughs> French for like six years at school, and I don't want that to go to a waste. <laughs> I, I I gotta make it. I gotta make it work for me. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So like the the Thompson twins are on to the Carabujon and investigating it, talking to people. Tintin is also there. They meet this man whose name is Alan. Yeah. I don't know if he yes. has a last name. <laughs> his name. His name is Alan. Alan. Uh, we actually we saw him. Name. He had like a. <laughs> He had a little cameo in Cigars of the Pharaoh, which was like a re- retroactive cameo. This oh, is actually his sort of first linear appearance. And he's the first mate of the boat. He's like talking to them, showing around. He's normal and not shifty at all. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, and then as Tintin is walking around the boat, he gets clunked on the head and like dragged off to the hold and tied up. I hate when that happens. Just for the crime of being Tintin. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, this happens to Tintin a lot. Yeah, like people, I guess... It seems it's like he's sort of famous for being an investigative reporter, so people are like, yeah. oh, that's Tintin. We must cause him harm now. It's either that or he's just got an extremely whackable head. He does. <laughs> this, this is he has a perfectly round head. <laughs> if I saw Tintin's head and, like, its spherical nature, its texture, I would want to whack it. Yeah. Perfectly smooth Tintin. You don't. Yeah. And Tintin has, at this at this point, this has happened to him, like, twice in a row in two pages, because, like, one page ago, the. 
these shifty guys uh dropped like a dropped like a whole crate of like ship stuff. I don't know what this is. Yeah, it's it's ship, dropped, like, ship a, stuff. They dropped, dropped the whole crate of ship stuff on him, but he only <laughs> they dropped a thing of bleach on him. He only didn't get crashed because <laughs> because he was distracted by seagulls. <laughs> he did. He was looking at the seagulls and he was saying, "I like it." <laughs> <laughs> he was just having a good time and then got uh, jokerified. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but this yeah, is like, me when I'm like close to a big ship. Uh, <laughs> And you, I'm like, you just gotta look at it. You gotta look at it. <laughs> it's so big. Just everybody be looking at ships. Yeah, lots of reaction. Yeah, I'm 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 scrolling down my Twitter feed and I'm seeing all these pictures of Captain Haddock and Tintin like hugging and kissing, and I'm like, yes, I'm I'm looking at the ships. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, Tintin is uh, tied up in the hold. Uh, we do have a little like panel of like Snowy just wandering around the boat, going. What's happened to Tintin? <laughs> Snowy looks like he's having a great time in this panel. I love that. Yeah. Um, but then we cut to Tintin and he's like, uh, please, can you tell me why I'm tied up? And the guy, Alan, is like, you know why? And just leaves. Mm-hmm. Um, Tintin has no idea why. And that's, 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 that's good villain stuff, I think, to be like, mm. you know, why better than we do? He's just like, no, I don't. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, the Thompson twins are off the boat, like, someone's been like, oh, Tintin left early, so, like, they're off the boat, they're out of the picture. Yeah. Oh, wait, hold um, on, can I, can I, can I pause yes, real yeah. quick? I'm getting a really oh, important shit. phone call. Take that phone call! Okay, I'm back, I'm sorry. <laughs> no worries, we created a masterpiece. Yeah. <laughs> oh, did um, you? Yeah, just yes, because it's in chat. Oh, I love it. Oh, I guess we we've been recording all of this. That's fine. Uh, yeah, that's fine. I'll 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 beep out the part where I said my social security number. <laughs> it's on the phone with a doctor. <laughs> you don't you need know. to leave in the whole phone call in the. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll just we'll podcast. cut out the rest of the phone call, but we'll leave your social security number. Yeah. <laughs> just for no reason, I just bring it up, just for for public use. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, Creative Commons kind of yeah. uh, license on Roy's social security number. Yeah, G&U license. <laughs> um, so anyway. yeah, we're at the part of the book where Tintin is tied up in the hold of the Carapetian. Uh Snowy comes and, like, chews through his ropes. Mm-hmm. Um, he We we get, like, a little cut to the, the bad guys uh, and they've, like, hey, here's a coded radio message from the boss, read it. And the note says, send T to the bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought it was funny. Yeah, I highlighted um, it. <laughs> <laughs> Send T to the bottom. Um, new bottom surgery just not, dropped. That's not funny at all. <laughs> um, we are very mature here. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I see the word bottom and I point at it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Tintin, like, someone goes to, like, bring him food. Tintin, like, does hijinks and escapes, blah, blah, blah. He goes throughout the ship but ends up in a room that has like a bunch of crates of produce in them. Mm-hmm. He finds a bunch of <gasps> crab. Yeah. Oh, crab? Um, oh, crab? Oh, crab? Crab! Um, he also finds a load of champagne. Um, yep. And he's like, oh, fuck yeah, like hit the <laughs> jackpot, love this shit. <laughs> um, he says, let me offer you a drink, Snowy. <laughs> <laughs> Just... Re- 
Remember in the Black Island when he was like admonishing his dog yeah. for being a lesser member of society because Snowy liked alcohol? <laughs> hey, look, now they're like locked up in a room, so it's a different situation, I guess. Yeah, it's time yeah, to party. Yeah. yeah, you know, Tintin is the one opening the champagne, so it's fine now, actually. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's fine when Tintin um, does it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alcoholism is fine when Tintin does it. Yeah. This is definitely alcoholism, of course. Um, <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> alcoholism means drinking. There's, <laughs> some, there's some really interesting takes on how alcohol works, like, later in this book. It's a fucking... Um, yeah. I need, I need to know about the science on that. There's, there's a funny bit where Tintin is trying to be quiet, but then the champagne cork, like, pops <laughs> with a, a bang and gives him away. That classic blunder. <laughs> um, classic blunder. Oh god, I remember like when I was a kid, and by kid I mean like twenty, uh-huh. and was like trying to open like prosecco bottles. Like I was so scared of like opening champagne bottles because it would <laughs> pop. It'd be really scary. It would like the cork would hit the ceiling. It'd be really fucking terrifying. Uh, no, no, just just me. <laughs> this is how no. I am every time I crack open a soda can. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, I see. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Then I worked for a gallery and I had to open like 20 bottles of <laughs> Prosecco every time there was a gallery opening. And I, no, I'm really good at it. So I would never have this problem. I would not have been caught by the boat people. Um, <laughs> it's cringe of Tintin that he got caught. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Tintin, like, they, so they find Tintin, they barricade him in the room. They're like, he's going to starve to death. And Tintin is like, fuck, will I fuck? I've got all these tins of crab. Mm-hmm. Uh oh. Guess what? Uh oh. So Tintin opens this opens this this tin up um how does does he just open it with a knife yeah it feels like the guy that has like a pocket knife uh which has a can opener and knows how to use that that the kind of guy that doesn't exist in 2021 (laughs) yeah my my dad used to have one he always took it with him to to like camping i i used to have one I was given my first pocket, well, my only pocket knife, my pen knife, my Swiss Army knife by my dad when I was 11 years old. My dad was like, oh, you're 11? Like, I'm going to get you a pocket knife for your birthday. I was like, yay! Okay, it was really useful. Great gift. But he took me into, like, the pocket knife, the shop with his, like, Uh 11-year-old daughter and was like to the guy behind the counter, I'd like to buy my daughter a pocket knife. And the guy behind the counter was just like, uh... Okay. <laughs> it was a very awkward purchase, but I did get one and I have since lost it. Oh. Yeah, I also got one from my dad when I was like 12-ish. I was like, every boy needs to have a pocket uh, knife, but it wasn't as good as his was. It had like less functionalities. Um, and then I also lost it. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even sure if I'm allowed to carry uh, one around here in Germany because it did have like one knife that was like pretty sharp. It was it was pretty good. I regret not having it anymore. Anyway, yeah. Tintin opens it. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, good days. Good but days. Now I, I mean, now I have a craft knife like <laughs> on me at most times. Yeah. so there's that. That's a different matter. Yeah, but yeah. it doesn't have the memory of you know the pocket wife you got from your dad when you were twelve. <laughs> See, I never got yeah. a pocket knife from either of my parents. What I did get was taken to a, a gun usage ceremony or uh, <laughs> seminar when I was eight. Um, what? Yeah, <laughs> I never got a gun, but I had to learn how in order for my dad to like take me hunting. Uh-huh. I guess I don't know. Either that, or he just wanted me to learn how to use gun. Um, but I do remember doing Damn. that. Yeah, uh, I don't remember me. any of it. It was twenty five years ago. 
Um, I am fucking oh. around with some type of knife that I know belongs to Fallon. What is this thing? It's a wine opener. Oh, it's a okay. wine opener? Okay. Like... But it's basically fucking useless because you can twist the foil off with your damn hand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I've got one of those. Yeah. That one is a piece of shit. <laughs> it's terrible. I've been using it to open mail. That's perfect. <laughs> it's fine as a letter opener. <laughs> yeah, it's got the curly thing, and then it's got a little knifey guy, and then it's got whatever this thing is. No, this. What is this thing? That's the the popper. The popper. Sure, indeed. I do think I would like. Oh no, no, no! I know what a corkscrew is. I'm not that buffoonish. See, I'm not that wine. I'm not that drink illiterate. I can be Unlike Herge. So uh-huh. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> anyway. Uh, I do think I would like to learn how to use a gun. Like, that That seems like a fun seminar. I just don't want to be around other people who want to learn how to use a gun. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Yeah, there's your problem. <laughs> anyway, Tintin's o- open, Tintin opens up this crab, and I, this, this, this tin of crab, and then he looks into it, and he, he immediately, like... He's, he first he says exclamation mark question mark and uh-huh. then he says opium so it took him like a half panel to identify <laughs> this as opium I would not be able to do that I'm gonna be honest with you yeah but you see Tintin knows what it looks like he's looked at it before Tintin has, it has some a experience. very distinctive appearance which we definitely see in this comic <laughs> and he knows what that uh-huh. is <laughs> yeah, at no point do we actually see opium it's just these these tins where people look into them and say opium which is uh, which you know just like the movie Jaws where you don't see the the shark for like two thirds of the movie and that's the scariest part where you don't see it or yeah. you don't see mm-hmm. the, the fin yeah. the, the scariest drag is the one that you don't see so great job <laughs> mm-hmm. Tin that yeah. makes you yeah. say opium yeah <laughs> So yeah, that's that's the crap of the golden claws. Uh, yeah. Meaning confirmed. <laughs> I really says, like. Tintin says, "God damn it, we are once again for the fourth book in a row involved in a drug running plot." <laughs> yeah, uh, and we don't even happening. have anything to eat. And then Snowy, in like maybe the yes. funniest panel of this entire comic, just like licks a bit of licks up a bit of the champagne <laughs> that is like getting out of the out of the champagne bottle, and then says, "Who cares? We've plenty to drink." <laughs> This is this is such a funny drawing of Snowy. I, I don't even know how to describe it. Just she's just she's enjoying the the bottle. She's having a good time. There she is. She's vibing it. The one where she um, says, "Who cares? We've plenty to drink." She's like got her like back. Uh, left leg sort of lifted up just the tiniest bit, like maybe she's about to go pee pee, but she's just kind of stance, and I like I like it, looking yeah. directly yeah. at the at the reader. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, after this, actually, because this is the most important part of the book, because this is um the introduction of our our favorite most pathetic man. Uh, <laughs> there Stinton he is. is. Yep, there Stinton he is. is concocting an escape plan. Um, and you know, he, he's got like some bits of wood tied to a string. He's making like D&D style acrobatics checks <laughs> to throw the piece of wood up to the next window. So he's made himself like an improvised grappling hood. Uh-huh. Like, wonderful stuff. 
Um, so he improvised grappling hooks himself up to like the <laughs> next floor of the cabin. His improvised grappling hook device bonks the head of uh, a man. Yeah, a yeah, man well, in a blue sweater. bonks the head of himself because Tintin's head is so perfectly bonkable. <laughs> yeah, even inanimate objects want to bonk the head of Tintin. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then he of course hits Hedrick in the head and I will say there's later stuff with Hedrick in this book that is maybe not great um, mm. in in the portrayal of, uh, of of alcohol addiction in the some of the language he uses <laughs> but I will say this first meeting of Tintin and Hedrick perfect scene <laughs> I think it's very good it is good <laughs> I think it's also interesting because in like before Tintin comes into the room, we do see Haddock, like Alan, the first mate, is talking to him, yeah. and like um, you know, it's sort of established that like basically what has been happening is that Alan just gives Haddock, Captain Haddock, as much whiskey as he wants, like keeps him drunk so that you know he can just run the ship while the captain is drunk so it just does kind of imply that like haddock's alcoholism like is not quite completely his fault it's because he's just being like you know fucked over by his first mate Mm -hmm. yeah um i mean i think i don't know i think the the main issue with haddock in this book is that his pathetic madness is like stretched a little bit too long i think i mean I think him being like completely pathetic as a start is is interesting or is like is like is like a good start for a character, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it's a really good start for a character, yeah. Mm-hmm. It just it's his only trait in this book yeah. is being just like a pathetic little heap who's a <laughs> complete al- alcoholic. Yeah. Whatever that means, whatever Henry thinks that means. Um Yeah, cuz like I Basically, like, I'm pretty sure that, like, after this, like, 90% of the plot is driven by funny Haddock needy drinky. Yeah, Haddock needy yeah. drinky. And it's, like, <laughs> wild. It... Just. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of does the same joke, like, five times. And it's uh-huh. always equally as funny. Um... <laughs> like, I, honestly, I was, I was gonna do a bit. I was gonna do, like, a with Nil and I style drinking challenge where I was like, oh, I'm gonna, like, take a shot every time Haddock finishes a bottle of whiskey in this plot. And I was like, I don't want to take six shots. Yeah. That is how many shots I would be taking. Yeah. I don't, I was like, no, I'm not doing that. Yeah, and you're gonna have to edit this later, so. Yeah. I wouldn't wish that on anyone. <laughs> when Tintin we... has a gun. Tintin Sorry. has a gun. My point was just, you know, the, your your behavior on podcasts might change depending on whether you're the one editing it or not. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I also uh-huh. have this issue with like podcasts running long. Like for this one, I'm not editing this one, so I'm like, who cares? I can talk as long as I want. All right, <laughs> shut the fuck up, Yano. Let's podcast about it. Um. So yeah, like the, the, so the first meeting of Tintin and Haddock is uh, a plank of wood bonks Haddock on the head. He looks around, he's like, oh my god, there's but I thought someone bonked me in the head, there's no people there. And then Tintin crawls through the window while Haddock is like having an existential crisis, bonks, Haddock, bonks him on the head for a second time, and they have like a meeting, they have this conversation. Yeah. Um... God, I just noticed in the background while Tintin and Haddock are talking, Snowy just like hops up on the table and drinks Haddock's glass of whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> There's some great panels, just there. Look, him in the, alcoholism the when it's 
when it's like a human character portrayed as an alcoholic and that's and that's funny that's like eh, i don't know tired tired joke come up with something better or when it's the dog who does this <laughs> what a dog drink whiskey <laughs> that's gonna be funny every single extremely time extremely good <laughs> um this is the real narrative of this is just watching snowy in the background yeah literally like um it's a highlight of my week <laughs> um but yeah they have this i'm not sure that haddock knows that tintin is real because again he's yeah. fucking pished he thinks um, he thinks that tintin is his i don't know his super ego or something i don't know how psychoanalysis works but there's there's like this whole thing about how tintin says what would your old mother say if she saw you in in such a sorry state you know you gotta pump you gotta stop drinking and then he starts crying about his about his mommy yeah um Mm, yeah, yeah. And then like, we're the we're the only Tintin podcast that won't psychoanalyze this. <laughs> <laughs> That's what people come to you for. <laughs> people get... Everyone else is psychoanalyzing this. Yeah. We're not. We won't do it. You can't make us. <laughs> yeah, we're, apparently the fetish in Broken Ear was like the diamond in not- the fetish was the clitoris, uh, describing it as their pressure wrapped up in fetish. Um, yeah, there was like something on some some someone's written a book about the psychoanalysis of Tintin, and it's it's a bit unhinged. <laughs> um, I don't want the. It does seem like Erge has some stuff going on. <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah. yet at the same time, I don't want the word clitoris anywhere near Tintin. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's not allowed to know where it is. No. <laughs> Um. Uh, so yeah, um, Tintin like tells Haddock about like the opium in the boat. He's like, I don't know anything about this. I'm an honest man. It's, it's and then Tintin also like then immediately convinces him to stop drinking, um, and like just kind of leaves the room. He escapes once again. Yep. Um, we do see like Alan, the first mate, like comes to Haddock and is like, uh, "Where's the young man?" And he's like, oh, "I, I, it's that 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 young man. He told me not to drink anymore." And is is like, "I'm never gonna drink again." <laughs> and that's kind of what gets uh the first mate searching for Tintin. They spend like two pages looking for him. However, him and Captain Haddock eventually escape in one of the lifeboats, and there they are out in the sea. Uh, the problem solved. Yep. Now is this is this the panel in the middle of this page? Uh, is this the one that had to be redrawn for American audiences? I mean, it's part of it, but I, as uh, far as yes. I understand, this whole character, like his, yeah, yeah, appearing yeah, 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 throughout the whole comic. So the one of the one of the bad guys, or one of the the guys in the drag ring, who is like specifically one of the worker on the ship, works on the ship. The right? one whose name is Jumbo. Yeah, his name is Jumbo. Yeah. Which is. I, which when I was reading, I was like, oh, that's a, I get, maybe it's like, you know, when you name a big guy tiny, you know, yeah. something like that. But <laughs> no, it turns out it was racism the whole time. Yeah. I mean, but it's even more racism removing it somehow, because it's like, he was, he was a black character in the original version, and then he had to be redrawn because apparently, what was the exact reason for this? Specifically, it was he was redrawn for the American release of this because the American publication 
didn't want to show like the ship, the the crew of the ship being like an integrated mixed crew. Yeah, like the American <laughs> publication was like, we cannot have black and white characters freely mixing. This yeah. is unacceptable. So yeah, they he was redrawn to be a white guy. Which yeah, so it's it's like they somehow made it even more racist. <laughs> they were like. Herge, Herge, you're doing racism wrong. We need you to do the right kind of racism. It's like the, I don't know, the the word that is used for him at one point in the comic wouldn't fly today. Um, well, and his yeah, name it's... is bad. But like, yeah. Aside of aside from those things, and he's drawn in. Although he's he's drawn less terribly than he was drawn <laughs> in, than the black character was drawn in the fucking what was that? In Cigars of the Pharaoh, I think that yeah. was one was more rancid. Like um, I'm looking at the picture of like the original like black character, and I'm like, yeah, this is one of the better black characters Hershey's drawn, and like it's still awful that like this just like <laughs> for our a, standards are for in the a toilet. comic of the 1940s standards. It's like whatever, but like aside from that, his character isn't like especially racistly portrayed. Like he's not like he's not like infantilized or something is just one of the crew right mm-hmm. um but yeah yeah, it's just like you know it's like it doesn't change anything that he's like a white character now like it doesn't yeah. matter what race he is it's just like yeah although i get like i am looking at the panel because like you know the this character jumbo <laughs> like gets tied up by tintin while yeah. him and haddock escaped and then like you know the um first mate alan like comes in and is like where the fuck is tintin and he's like, I'm sorry, like, I was watching, he just, he slipped away, blah, blah, blah. And then there is that panel where Alan, like, punches him in the face. Yeah. Um, and I can see that would read a lot differently if the character was black. Um, it, yeah, I don't know, it could have been, like, any other character. I don't know, it's, I don't think this is, this, this character is, like, singled out for it, or maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Like, apart from the fact that, like, of what Captain Haddock, like, calls him, like, later on in the book, which makes absolutely no sense. Like, you would never know or notice. Yeah. Yeah, let's get, let's go to Lifeboat. Like, (laughs) I have nothing else to say about this. Yeah. (gasps) Um, I, I, because, does he also beat up this other guy working on the ship in this next panel? Seems like it, right? Yeah, it does seem like he just... So I think I think crew. Ellen is just a guy who has aggressions who beats up characters regardless of their race, which is really woke of him. He likes to do yeah, it. Yeah, he's not racist, he beats up everyone equally. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so Tintin and Haddock have like escaped on the lifeboat. They're like rowing out in the sea, going going somewhere, presumably. Yeah. And Haddock says step one, stop being and alcoholic, and then he fails step one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he, Tintin is like, hey, are you row for a bit? I'm gonna, like, have a nap. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he's, like, rowing, and he, like, looks around the ship. He's like, check it out, I find some rum. But I can't drink this rum. Always Sunny title card starts playing. <laughs> <laughs> it says Captain Haddock drinks the rum. <laughs> I, I I think this is the... I think this sequence is the first sort of a textual example, maybe the second textual example of the fact that Haddock has fallen in love with Tintin and um, it cares deeply for him. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because, you know, he's he's out of his tree. Um, he's like Rowan looking at Tintin being like, oh, he's so little. He looks so cold. <laughs> oh, oh, what am I going to do? Um, we then have this little panel of Tintin, Tintin having a dream. And I love the way this <laughs> yeah. is like works and drawn because Tintin's dream, according to this panel, is like a one of him being in a house fire. Mm-hmm. 
And then he wakes up and sees that Captain Haddock has built a huge bonfire in the middle of the boat and using the oars. Um, <laughs> I love the way Yeharja uses dreams in this, in Tintin in general. Yeah. Um, and I love the way this, like, the way the dream is drawn, because it's like a little speech bubble coming from Tintin, but like, it's not a square, normal shaped speech bubble. It's like a weird, funky, fucked up shape. Yeah, it's like a it, cloud. It's just- yeah, it's just well done. Yeah, it's very like, nicely yeah. condensed. Like it's not like it's not like, you know, several panels of showing this dream. It's just this one person just this one panel, right, that shows both Tintin sleeping and him having the nightmare. Like it's mm-hmm. it's really it's really well packed into just one panel. I, I also like, enjoyed this I would- one. I would compare it to like whenever uh in like last in King Autocar's Scepter, whenever Snowy had the thought of like Tintin holding the lightning bolts of Zeus. Yes, yes. Like whenever Hergé puts things in speech panels that aren't speech, that like show characters like abstract non text thoughts <laughs> kind of shit. Yeah. Yeah, he's really That's good I shit. Mean, overarching stories story wise, he's still not quite there. But like the like micro yeah. compositions that he can do, like just like some panel sequences, uh, are like really outstanding stuff. Like you can you can see why he has become such a or why Tintin has become such an influential uh, thing for the art form, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I like I like that that comes immediately after this one panel where Haddock is like, oh, I've got an idea. Yeah. Like that's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we just have to like put the pieces together. It's really good. Yeah, yeah, we see the dream before we see the bonfire. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so there's a fire in the ship. Tintin is like, what the absolute fuck? I mean, they have yeah, a fight. This is, they, this, the, is, this, yeah. this is the point where, like, Haddock's role in this comic starts becoming, um, causing problems while also act, while actually just making things worse. And it's all, like, always fueled by alcohol. And this, this just, like, shows up all the time from here on like for the rest of this book yeah like it the the cycle of haddock find bottle haddock drink bottle haddock cause problem blood advance yeah like it happens another four times literally i I feel like this could have been i I, it's not like awful the way this is executed but it could have been done a little bit better in like ways of uh because like the core idea that like his his addiction is like stopping him from like his like it it's always fueled by him trying to help right like mm-hmm. he's, yeah. he's trying yeah, yeah, to like, do good he's, but like his like, his addiction is like stopping him from doing so basically yeah which I think yeah, could like, have in this executed, instance it's like yeah. oh Tintin is cold but I'm too drunk to understand that we're in a boat in the middle of the sea which is like kind of bullshit but like. Uh, and you know etc etc all the things he does is like I gotta help Tintin yeah. but mm-hmm. he's just drunk he's just drunk I don't know I think yeah. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of sad like he's he's a sad character in that way and you you want to root for him you know yeah <laughs> but then also it's it's still at a point where the comic itself is just trying kind of trying to it's just kind of making fun of him and it sometimes feels a little mean yeah it feels a lot mean. Yeah. yeah. You know, it feels like, hey kids, you know, it's like the fucking um, Yu-Gi-Oh! 4 kids uh, weed PSA <laughs> of like, I would never smoke marijuana. I couldn't duel sort of thing. But like, it's that kind of like level of subtlety. Yeah. Yeah. For like, kids don't drink. Yeah. Fucking... He does He does do a PSA. 
I just remember this. That's <laughs> really good. Um, yeah, so like the, like the next incident is like, so they're on an upside down, down boat in the middle of the sea. They see a plane. The plane shoots at him. Herrick has a funny the- bucket on his head. Yeah. Tintin <laughs> fires one single bullet from his gun and like shoots down the plane with one <laughs> shot. Very impressive. But like he goes, holds up the plane, they capture the plane, blah, blah, blah. And then like Tintin is flying the plane. Um, yeah, he's Joseph and, like, Joestar now. Yeah. And much like Joseph Joestar, every time Tintin flies a plane, it goes really well. <laughs> um, and like, so they're going through a storm. Haddock is like, again, looking around the plane, finds a bottle of whiskey. He says the line, since we're about to die, I might as well have one last bottle. And drinks the bottle and then starts fucking shit up because he's drunk. Yep. Um, It's a, yeah, he's just like fiddling with the plane. Uh, Like ends up like violently smashing a bottle over Tintin's very bunkable head because Tintin like won't let him touch the plane controls. <laughs> Tintin is gonna get the fucking like football player concussion thing. No, 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 don't worry. Uh, us and uh, uh, Taigi Sarah established that like his head is like soft and bouncy like a jelly, <laughs> so he can't, he can't, that, that won't happen to him. He's fine. You, that's his part. <laughs> Roy, you wouldn't believe how much pet trauma Tintin has would have oh suffered God. during the last few comics. Oh god. It keeps happening. I, I hope his head is gelatinous. It's <laughs> confirmed. Like, I think the little... I have to believe this The now. little tuft growing out of it is just like some kind of organism that's like piloting <laughs> like a mag, honestly, like Ratatouille style. <laughs> yeah, um, but in, in this one, in this one where Haddock like gets drunk on a plane, like this is... This is this is one of the cases where it's like scary. Like this is this is the scary yeah. aspect of alcoholism, where you you start like attacking the people you love, uh-huh. uh, which is uh, yeah, it's not. It, it feels like a more accurate thing you like a drunk person would do than yeah, like, lighting a fire on a boat. But it's like, also not necessarily funny because of that. Yeah, yeah, like because other times, other times I actually noted that like. A lot of the other times that, like, they do alcohol, yeah. they get drunk. Like, the drunkenness is portrayed in the same way as the, like, Poison of Madness yes. was. Yes. Like, where you just start singing because you're drunk or yeah. you're mad. Like, it has the same effect. Or you just start, like, saying weird stuff. Yeah. Whereas this is, like, it. it's very, very real to, like, your friend is fucking plastered and, like... They just want to do this one thing and like they cannot be fucking stopped and they will do like anything to do this one silly thing and like they're not listening to reason and it's just like, yeah, this is kind of dark. Like, yeah. fuck. Yeah. Um, I also think that if the, like, another note I had was about like the timeline of this because this really seems like the third entire bottle of whiskey yeah. that Captain Haddock has drank in like 24 hours. Like, he should be dead. A 24 is pretty generous. He's. He's always sobering up, like, very quickly. Like, it seems to be... This is the bit of, like, Erge not knowing how alcohol works. Because, like, (laughs) once he does the... Once he does the fire thing, right? Like, he gets... When they fall into the water, he sobers up immediately. Yeah. Uh, And then... Yeah, it's like... It's like the, um... Because that happens in, like, Asterix, I think, as well. Like, whenever someone is drunk... They can be sobered up instantaneously by dunking their head yeah. in a bucket of water. Yeah, and that or, or equals through, sober. Yeah, just like through any act of shock, right? And this this happens again when the uh, plane disaster happens, uh, and like Heather gets violent, and he uh, 
he smashes Tintin in the head because he wants to take over the uh, the take over the uh, yeah. plane yeah. controls. And then in the next panel, like once the plane starts falling, it's like he sees that Tintin has now passed out, and that like causes a shock that like sobers him up immediately again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which. Yeah. Yeah, it's not how it works. But I'm just like again wondering if there is there was just like a that sort of narrative belief in like the 30s and 40s I that like so. you could be sobered up. Yeah. Because like that's the thing I've seen a lot in media. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Like old-timey media like and i don't know where it comes from like who has whose life experience is this what's going on (laughs) um so yeah they they crash the plane into the desert um there's like a bit where like the plane is on fire and like tintin goes back into the plane to like rescue the pilots that they like tied up yeah he can do that so yeah, they drag the pilots on the plane, they've rescued the pilots, and then they just walk into the desert and leave them there. They're just like, <laughs> yeah. what? This never comes up again. Those it. guys are dead. <laughs> they yeah. can figure their own lives out. <laughs> yeah, they, they could just be tied even, up in the middle of the desert. don't even untie them. <laughs> they just uh, leave them. I mean, to be fair, they get distracted by Snowy finding bone. Yeah, oh, yeah. Snowy finds a really big bone, so you have to give them, you have to hand it to him here. Yeah. I feel like, you know, the, like, Haddock Needy Drinky is the, like, negative, bad aspect of this book, but, like, Snowy Needy Bone? Excellent <laughs> shit. I love that. I've just, give him a bone. Yeah, funny Snowy Big Bone. I like it. But, yeah. And, like, the big bone, it, it comes up later. Like, it's deployed as a weapon. Excellent stuff. Yeah. Um, the prisoners yeah. do run away on the next panel, because they go back, and oh, they're okay. just gone. Oh, so they did. They did figure it out themselves. Themselves. Yeah. Their their ropes were uh, almost yeah. burnt through. Okay, so there is an explanation. Oh, okay. Yeah. I I just didn't read. I just look at the pictures. Yeah. <laughs> either that or they read. either that or they're still tied up and they just managed to get onto their feet and run away like a mogus. You got to know twenty six <laughs> letters. Not enough people are talking about that. That's too many. Like no. Um. The, you know, listen, the image in picture that I want to talk about is the, the one where they're holding hands. <laughs> and they're holding hands! <laughs> they're holding hands! Because they're in love! So the texture- <laughs> Cowards will say that if you look really closely, Tintin is like walking a little bit like ahead of uh, Haddock, and it's just like the kind of like. Haddock is like kind of behind and it looks like their hands are. But it, it looks really much. It looks very much like they're holding hands. Like They're holding hands. This cowards say that they're not. If you're in the middle of the desert with like your bro who you know maybe you just met maybe he's nearly like accidentally slash on purpose killed you twice already because of his rampant alcoholism but like still he is he is in love with you you are the life raft to which his like whole sense of being is currently clinging he's imprinted on you you. yeah he's imprint yeah he's your responsibility now (laughs) yeah yeah and you know he's the bottle of water next to you on a plane that you have to take care of. And, like, you know, it's the end of your lives and you're walking through the desert. Of course you're going to hold hands. Of course. It's a beautiful um, relationship between two men. It's just really sus that, uh, like, knowing that RJ <laughs> just, like, married his wife because his editor told him to just Which really casts, still- casts a new light on the, like... Both his refusal to put like any heterosexual, like any romance, basically, 
into the yeah. comic and his his interesting portrayals of male friendship <laughs> like uh-huh, uh-huh. Th- the same way as like fucking Frodo and Sam is a portrayal of male friendship like you know that's that like old timey author way of um yeah it's like the in the way that Hergé as you know we could talk about next book like draws stuff and like doesn't know that he's doing anti-semitism yeah. or like doesn't know that he's doing racism he's just like drawing stuff that like oh he thinks up and yes this is influenced by his thoughts and by like his environment and by the fucking conservative fascist uh, newspaper he's working for in you know, in this in this in the same kind of sense where he just will draw things and not think about it, like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're gonna think about it. <laughs> I'm thinking a lot about it. Yeah, we're thinking about it. There, there's a big, enormous full page panel of them just hanging all over each other. Yeah, yeah. You'll invent intricate, nearly dying in the desert type <laughs> rituals to touch the skin of other men. <laughs> men will literally do this. Snow is doing fine though. Like these. <laughs> Tintin Snowy and Tedrick are like, we're gonna talk about this also. Tintin and Tedrick are like nearly dying of thirst in desert and of heat. And Snow is just happy with, happy with the bone. <laughs> yeah, like he's sucking the moisture out of the bone. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> um, so yeah, they, they like, you know, Haddock's fucking dying. He's, oh, I did want to notice he does like a bit, like whenever they find out that they're in the Sahara and not in Spain, like, Haddock is like, oh, it's the land of thirst. And then he repeats all he says for the next, like, pages. The land of thirst. The land of thirst. The land of thirst. It's a good bit. It's good. Um, Of course, like, thirst, alcohol stuff going on. Like, again, he has a singular personality trait. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, yeah, there's a there's a sequence that are on wherever they, like, stop for a rest. Like, Tintin, like, Tintin gently lies him in the shade. Um, gives him a little pillow under his head. Yeah, and and then he looks over and like sees Tintin and hallucinates him as a as a champagne bottle. There's he's lying of... down on the sand like he's a Family Guy character who <laughs> fell down some stairs. Yeah, yeah. Um, he does the bit from the movie Madagascar where uh, Marty is that the character name I can't remember I sees know. the zebra character as a steak and tries to eat him. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So he does that to Tintin, except Tintin is now a champagne bottle and he's trying to uncork him. And by uncork, we the reader can see that he means strangle and kill. Again, kind of dark. This one's pretty dark. This is also a lot of psychoanalysis has been written about this. Mm -hmm. Was it this one or was it the later one where Tintin has a dream where he is a champagne Uh, bottle? I mean, they... they... It's, It's literally on the next page, actually. Yeah. Uh... Funny Snowy Bonk. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because Snow- Snowy Bonk, and Snowy tries to bonk uh, Haddock on the head with, like, his bone. Bonks Tintin, but, you know, obviously this is fine. Tintin cannot be hurt by poisoning damage. Um, <laughs> but, like, he, he, he does, you know, eventually gets Haddock, bonks Haddock, and then there's, like, the little panel of Snowy being like, oh, I did my best. Yeah. <laughs> There's, like, one panel where, like, Tintin and Haddock are like both on the sand being bonked in the head. There's a lot going on there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, God, I, I am looking at this and I'm thinking about the psychoanalysis and analysis of it all. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, basically, 
they end up passing out in the desert yeah. of thirst. Yep. At the end of all these antics. Oh yeah, I found the, the skin of other I found the unscrewing panel. Yeah. Yeah, it's a hell of a panel. It's a hell of a panel. <laughs> that one's scary. <laughs> yeah. So like they pass out in the desert, and then the the panel row immediately after they pass out has this like not. It's not, like, explained as a dream sequence. It's, like, just put in here, and then we, after the fact, find out it's a dream sequence, but, like, it doesn't have that usual Hergé dream quality to it until the last panel. Which is insane. Which is insane. Yeah. Um, so it's, like, you know, Tintin is lying on the sand, Haddock is, like, sort of, like, crab walking over him, like, <laughs> aha! He's doing linen walk! There's a bottle of yeah. wine. Um, and Tintin says, where can he see a bottle? And then the next panel, Tintin is like, Tintin is the bottle. And Haddock is standing over him with a corkscrew. Snowy is also like standing over him with like a, I would like to drink it expression. It's weird. Um, and then just like the third panel is like, Haddock is about to like unscrew his head with a corkscrew. And it's just like these three panels of getting more and more unhinged and unhinged and like... (laughs) Yeah, this 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 has got to be in like the top three most unhinged things Ajay has drawn so far. <laughs> yeah, so far definitely. Like, yeah, the third panel is deranged. Fact, it's the fact that it like starts out in reality and then like shifts and shifts, yeah. and it's like, what the fuck? And then we have the next page where Tintin wakes up, like, ah! yeah. <laughs> I think the last one. It's yeah. like Haddock's head is like so much. Like Tintin's head is like so small, also, and the like corkscrew getting into his head. There's a yeah yeah like the and like Haddock's eyes are bottles now yeah yeah and he has so many teeth he's <laughs> fucking I don't so many teeth I don't want to necessarily unpack what's going on here inside of Ajay he's dead and I, I'm not sure he ever figured it out <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you know it's a the the way you know it's a dream not it isn't because. Tintin's head is coming out of a bottle, but it's because Haddock has on this little boater hat, <laughs> and then he never has it on any other panel. It really is so, like, why? Why? He's just got a cute little boater hat on. He's styling it. Yeah. <laughs> so, to, to, like, move forward, like, Tintin gets fo- gets found by this, like, Tintin gets guy. To- They're in Morocco, like, to sort of skip ahead a bit because we are we're a little long on time here. Yeah. And I'm editing this one. Mm-hmm. Um so he gets like found by this like white colonizer guy who's like, Here, I'll help you, like I'm I'll help you get to the coast. Um and like sends them off t- towards the coast on like a bunch of camels. They're on this expedition. The camels sort of- are all making some funny faces. Camels are making funny faces. I mean, famously camels are Little bastards. Or yeah, they do bastards. that. Yeah. Um, to a camera, this one... is a normal face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to shout out the little bit in the sequence where the colonizer guy like offers Tintin like some alcohol, and Tintin says, "No, thank you. I never drink spirits." And then in the next panel, like Haddock says the same thing. Like Haddock copies him. Like little imprinted Haddock is like, "No, yeah. I don't. I don't touch spirits either." Yeah. And this guy respects their right to keep edge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he may be a colonizer, but <laughs> he res- he respects yeah, the right I mean, to keep edge. Yeah. This is like an like a character trope at this point with RJ, the like the nice colonizer, usually only showing up for a couple of panels to explain exposition. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, the explanation in this case is that the Karabujan got sunk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which we hear on the radio. Um, but, like, the most important thing is, like, they're making their way downtown, and by downtown I mean up to the coast on these camels. Uh, Haddock has stolen a bunch of alcohol from the colonizer. Yeah. Um, He's right to do so, I will say. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, like, they get attacked, and they get into this battle with, I think, a bunch of Tuaregs, although it's, like, never said in... They just have, like, the blue yeah. um, on them. Yeah. And um, yeah, the the can we talk about Haddock Revenge? Haddock Revenge. He starts saying words. <laughs> uh, he says some words. So this, is, this is kind of interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because you know, they, I mean, the point is they get attacked, right? Haddock starts drinking, and now he gets really into the zone, and he's like, "Now I." They they shoot like his whiskey bottle, and then he shouts, "Revenge!" And his face like gets bigger and bigger in the panel, and then he, then he just like takes out his gun and shouts revenge, and then he starts shouting words. And here's the, this is like, this is like a famous thing about Tintin or about Captain Haddock. The, the context on this is Erge was thinking, well, he's a sailor, so he's gonna use colorful language, uh, but also. I I am technically still published in the like children's section of my newspaper, even though like half of my comics are about opium, so it's a little weird. <laughs> yeah, opium and alcoholism. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>. educate <laughs> him young. Basically, he cannot put any real, uh, any real swear words, and then he says, uh, and then the Wikipedia says, actually recalled how around 1933, shortly after the Four Power Pact had come into being, he had overheard a market trader use the word four power pact as an insult. And then he realized, well, I can just use any complicated sounding word as an insult. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And it's going to become a thing with Haddock mm-hmm. that he has, he has famously this colorful language where he uses insult words that aren't actual insult words, just sound complicated. The issue is some of them are actually pretty problematic. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. It's the um. It's when he starts listing ethnic groups. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, cause cause RJ just uses whatever complicated words he can find, whatever words from that are like loan words from like a different language he can find, and th- a lot of those happen to be names of ethnic ethnic groups. Um, because like yes, okay, like the racism at the time, like and the fact it's fucking Belgium. Um, mm-hmm. Famously, never done anything racist no. in the 1930s, study African countries, and don't worry about it. Like, you know, the the environment he's in, like, I yeah, yes, I'm sure a lot of people around him, perhaps himself included, thought that, like, fucking, like, in various indigenous peoples were, like, some kind of fucking subspecies of human, and, like, that he could have shared those views. But also because it's Hergé. I could buy that, like, he didn't think about it and was just like, ah, yes, aborigine is a long word. Mm. I will use this as a swear word. Like, I just... Yeah. I really don't know. Yeah, I, I think like, it's the letter. <laughs> I mean, from... Just, at least from his own self-explanation, he just says... And, again, I don't know how much of them were directly translated for uh, from French, uh, although I, I would assume something like... Um, like Aboriginal would be like literally used because it's the same in French and it's yeah. also a complicated word in that language. So I think some of them were, uh, were from mm-hmm, those. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just trying to see if the yeah, because like yeah, the 
Ashley's own explanation just says that uh, he starts using strange and esoteric words that were not actually offensive, but he would project with great anger as if they were very strong curse words. As we said, some of them are actually... Well, they're not even offensive. They're just like, if you shout them in an angry way, <laughs> that's not great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The actual like... names of the ethnic groups isn't a problem unless you like start using them as an insult. But at the same time, like the other things, like things like... And just looking at this panel, ectoplasms or freshwater swabs. <laughs> like, that's funny, right? Like Caterpillars, yeah. Toffee noses is a really good one. Yeah. yeah. Like, some of these are really good. Uh, we can we can pick out some favorites, because he's going to use some others, but I don't think... There's some really good ones, is the thing. There are some I think there's some really good ones in there, and then, then there's a few really bad ones. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm curious yeah. how much you know, we'll is going to... We'll make a tier gonna, list. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to come yeah. up... Until the end of this podcast, he's gonna use <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. various <laughs> colorful insights. Um, Make the, the grand, you know, the the complete list of yeah. them. <laughs> I yeah. wonder how many of them are gonna return. There's there's gonna be some that the other thing that in this comic doesn't show up that much is the like long alliterating phrases. Um, mm-hmm. Like the like these like sit like billions of blistering particles. Yeah, those that so he says. Um, uh, yeah, he he uses parasites as one, so you know, big Bung John Ho fan yeah. here. Um, <laughs> he saw it and he didn't know who the parasites were in the movie. Um, but yeah, yeah, half of these are just like Brooks and Eddie saying Cersei was telescope. Yeah, exactly. And then like, the other, yeah, <laughs> it's the yeah. same bit. Yeah, he's also running at them. But the way he's wielding his rifle, um, he's like holding it by the the. Uh, the front end of it. The nose? He's Yeah, the nose of it, and he's, like, swinging it like a blunt instrument. <laughs> okay, but, um, in uh, the all the fucking uh, Scala Gladiatora sword YouTube historical fighting videos I've watched, like, this is a thing. This oh, is, yeah. like, a genuine thing. We had, like, oh, a whole God. thing about this on Azobab, that, like, the actual strategy they were using with, like, especially with sword fighting, like, if your opponent had, like, armor where you can't do any harm with a sword you would just like take it at the like edge of the the, like the blade of the sword and try to cause blunt damage to their head and that's how like a lot of actual like medieval sword fighting happened was just like them trying to hit each other with the hilt of the sword yeah Yeah. (laughs) he's just doing the modern spin on it with a rifle yeah no like i like also with rifles like with like bayonets the reason they have this type of bit is because you fire one shot with that thing and then it's just a stabby blunt item Uh like the same thing with like rifles it's like the recommended rifle fighting strategy is like well you do some shots and then you'll run out of bullets and then you turn it around and you use it as a blunt weapon because it's really (laughs) heavier than it like literally it's a club it's what it's for um so yeah, <laughs> Captain Haddock confirmed like um Hema scholar whatever. <laughs> but like I am still like I'm still on this page looking at the revenge, 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 revenge sequence, and I think that's my favorite sequence in the book. <laughs> it's very He's good. literally red and mad. Like it is so delightful. And it's like it continues to be delightful as long as you kinda let your eyes close over the slurs. Yeah. Which honestly, I literally do. I didn't notice them until the second time. <laughs> the problem and then I was is, like, really, the thing that hurts about the, the most is that some of them are really good. Like jellyfish, yeah. very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
I really like toffee noses. Toffee I think noses. toffee noses is my my number one of this group. Yeah, let's all let's all pick a favorite swear. Um, my my favorite is caterpillars. <laughs> caterpillars, <laughs> I think there's going to be one that comes later that I like more uh, than these yeah, other ones. Yeah. But Just I will, out of this I will bunch, pick though. One by the end of oh, out of this bunch, I I really like jellyfish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's good. Um. So yeah, he's like running at the like Twitter group and like they all run away because clearly they are terrified of this guy because, well, look at him. Mm-hmm. Um, it then turns out that actually a group of reinforcements like showed up behind him and like that was why they ran away. But I'm choosing to believe that it was Captain Haddock. Yeah, they saw him chi deviating and they said, we got to get out of the way. Nye Haddock. That's why he's swinging the rifle around like that. Thinking about Nye Haddock. And he is. That's... That's kind of why we even wanted Roy to have on this episode, because I was like, Roy can't come on for any of the early ones that, do- that don't have Haddock. And if, if you look at him, he is also like a head taller than Tintin. I don't think Tintin is like a small guy. So. Clock me on fucking international podcast. Thank you. <laughs> I deserve Tintin this. Tintin is, is just a little guy. He's just a little guy. You can't spell twink without tin. <laughs> Twink Tin, yeah. Twink 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 Swink. Twink Twink. Okay, episode title. Um, so yeah, they they end up making their way to like the port city. Um, they're walking around the port city when Tintin sees someone and is like, "I have to chase them," and chases after this person. Haddock like loses him in the crowd. He runs into Haddock- the yeah. He runs into the Avatar: The Last Airbender uh, cabbages guy. Yep. He says, my origin! Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like, he's run off because he spotted Alan in the crowd, uh, but then, like, ends up losing him and is, like... <laughs> so, yeah, him and Haddock are now separated, and there's, like, a little shot of Haddock just, like, drinking sadly at a cafe, like, he- he- head in his hand pensively, like, mm, how shall I ever find Tintin? Yeah, that's yeah. It's very romantic. <laughs> yeah. Where did that's, my Tintin go? <laughs> that's me when I go to the comics section, uh... And there's n- there's none for uh, for like Belgian comics. So how sh- how how should I ever find Tintin? Yeah, there's a single copy of like Tintin in the Congo, yeah. and you're like, mm, how shall I ever find? Tintin? Yeah, I, I don't think I mentioned this on the recording. Uh, I only said it like after we after we finished. But I did very much find like just like two weeks ago, like when I last went into uh, the bookstore, I was like, I'm gonna look at the comics section, and they only had like four Tintin comics, and one of them was Tintin in Congo. It's so a great job. I mean, the thing is, that's because no one's going to fucking buy yeah. it, hopefully. <laughs> I'm hoping no one's buying that. Like, that's why it's on the shelf. Right. Like, uh-huh. I was like, if I, if I were working there, I would throw a big, big side eye to whoever's buying that. But then at the same time, they might. it might also be that whoever's buying it is just, like, in the exact same boat as I am. Like, when I... You know, like... On the, there's like there was like a bit on the on, 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 on the podcast of The Shrieking Shack where they were like, I just bought... Harry Potter and I don't know this it's like the fourth or the fifth ones one I think like not even one of the one of the popular ones like at a physical bookstore and like the, it was the most embarrassing thing they ever did <laughs> <laughs> like, can, you can't like go to the bookstore employee and be like oh, I, I'm doing a podcast about it <laughs> if I had if I had had to buy like interesting time at a real bookstore it would have been very embarrassing but i ordered it online mm. so it was fine see luckily you already have a copy of uh, uh wise man's fear by patrick Rothfuss. <laughs> yeah so you don't have to go to 
tragic. I actually, okay, I generally, like, I was reading through, again, the, some of the stuff about the Nazi occupation of Belgium yeah. and, like, their their takeover of, like, uh, the, the magazine. And it was, it was said that, like, the German authorities, like, refused to reprint Tintin in America and the Black Island because they were set in the United States and Britain. <laughs> <laughs> which whom they were at war with but like obviously like Tintin and the Congo was fine and they really wanted to reprint that and I'm like is this is this why like Tintin and the Congo is still currently available in Germany like is this the knock-on effect I of know. like why it's still in the bookshop I don't know I mean I I, I assume it's probably also like a, I, I genuinely don't know why they're still they're still printing it like there's just no there's just very little reflection on like this this type of stuff like if it's like some famous like german cultural artifact like i i don't think but like there's still like max max and moritz statues all around and that's that yeah. that's problematic <laughs> content so i don't know yeah i think there's very little re- self-reflection in german media uh about like about like problematic stuff that's in them like i think germany has this very weird approach to anti-racism in which which is like we just don't talk about about race at all yeah Uh, we just don't talk about it and if you even bring it up you're the racist right yeah Mm -hmm. yeah that's a mood yeah uh, for britain as well anyway yeah it's just like (laughs) anyway yeah no one's thought about it since we're the first people to think about this since 1941 when it was published Um, yeah fuck where are we Oh yeah, Haddock is like waiting for t- trying waiting for Tintin to find him at a cafe. He drinks, and guess what? He drinks a bottle of alcohol and mm-hmm. is pished and goes and causes problems on accident. Yep, and makes the um, plot happen. The problem he causes in this case is like he's like there's some stuff about how he's lost his wallet, but whatever. He ends up like at the docks making a scene, and he sees a boat. The name of the boat is uh, Jabela Mila, but. He f- that's his boat. Like the Karabujan was like his boat. He fucking knows what it looks like. He's like, oh my god, that's the Karabujan. There's Opie on that boat. He makes a whole scene. There's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. What else? Yeah, like Tintin, and this is why Tintin eventually like finds him. Like he's been arrested or some shit. Yeah. And I will say, Haddock does a very good like damsel damsel in distress kind of act in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's good shit. Yeah, I think it's that's going like, to be his role for this and also for the next one, like before he gets his own plot in yeah, uh, in Secret yeah. of the Unicorn. Uh, but here he, is, um, here he very much is. It's mm-hmm. the damsel in distress. <laughs> Which is like fine. And he's doing a great job. Yeah. Um, yeah, Tintin is like, oh, I gotta chase him. Like, there's a, there's like a bit where Tintin like jumps into a taxi and is like, follow that car. This is good. <laughs> This is really good. <laughs> Do you want to take it? Who, me? Or... Yeah. <laughs> okay. So he just sees this car and he decides he's going to steal it. And he gets in this car and he's trying to, like, boot it up and get it going. But then it starts going backwards and it turns out that it's hooked onto a tow truck. And he's... <laughs> and the horn gets stuck. Or, like, they th- he's honking the horn and the guys in the tow truck think that the horn is stuck. And then he just gets out because he's like, fuck this car. Um, and he just runs. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> and then he, chase he... scenes are have gotten really good. Like I think I didn't appreciate yeah. them in Cigars of the Pharaoh, but he's actually has gotten to the point where he can he has like enough variation that he can put in them, or like new problems that come up, or like things where you're like, oh, mm. I know where this is going, and then there's a subversion on the next panel. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it kind yeah. of like keeps the action mo- moving in like a in like a very engaging way. Yeah, and like the same with like the next thing he does, where like him and this other person like get into the same yeah. taxi, and the mm-hmm. other guy is like, "Oh, young man, I was in half fast." And yeah. Tintin like Tintin and Snowy like Tintin uses Snowy as like a prop for this bit where he's like. But, but I gotta get to hospital because I've been bitten by this mad dog and then like Snowy on key starts barking and like the guy runs away this is such a funny panel like Snowy Snowy just like immediately knowing what to do yeah, yeah because Snowy speaks English yeah. or I guess French whichever yeah. um, mm-hmm. and, and like again like the subsequent twist of Tintin being like, okay, this is my taxi. No driver, follow that car. And like, the, the driver's like, there's no car. And then like, Tintin just gets out of the car that he's just like hijacked and like walks sadly away. Yeah. Um, the only thing that could have made this thing, this scene better if this, if this had been a full like Senator Phillips situation where the guy in the cab just like explains his whole like political importance. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, sort of the, um, we get to the part of the book where we start like finding out who actually runs the drug smuggling. Um, like the Thompsons are back again. Um, they're they're in funny disguises, and like I like that Tintin just recognizes them both. Like went from the back, from far away, both in disguises, and Tintin is like, "Oh, it's the Thompsons. Yeah. I recognize them." <laughs> they have um, their hats on under their hoods. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. Um, I I actually learnt uh, a new piece of uh, textile thing because the cloaks they are wearing are called burnaces, and that is the name for a Moroccan like traditional cloak, which I didn't know about, and I have learnt this from Hershey. Sorry to yep. sorry to interrupt the the flow of this again, but just right now, a uh, friend of the show, Matt, just posted an image and tagged us in it. Uh, in Discord, like me and you, Sarah, and it's like a it's like a Tumblr post of someone saying fucking losing is the concept of a reverse Holmes and Watson. Like there's this genius journalist who goes around solving crimes and writes about how he does it, and then there's his useless himbo assistant who does fuck all and just follows him around absolutely out of his mind on cocaine. That's Tintin. <laughs> That's literally Tintin. <laughs> They're just describing Tintin. <laughs> <laughs> Confirmed. Thank you, uh, Tumblr user Magneto. <laughs> um, yeah, the rest of the plot happens. They like find a tin of crab that's identical to the tin of crab from the start of the book. They ask a shopkeeper. They're like, "Hey, who sells this crab?" Racistly drawn shopkeeper. Oh my god! Yeah. I fucking, I, this is honestly this is the most racist yeah. part of the book to me. Absolutely. Because and it's not even just the way he's drawn. It is his like incredibly subservient to the colonizer attitude yeah. and like mm-hmm. posture yeah. which is just really kind of revolting just like yeah. nauseating super unnecessary yeah, it's... like it's not this could have been taken out and yeah, yeah. Like, if there's no I, point if american media forces uh forces Ege to to redraw just one character it should have been this one uh-huh oh, but, okay but like th- the worst thing about this is that like it feels like it would have probably been accurate like yeah you know like it it's like it just yeah it's like i it's wouldn't bad because it puts tintin and the thompsons in the like colonizer position in a very uncomfortable way oh i mean 
they all they always are yeah. like they are you know the whenever because Tintin whenever he gets like helped by these like settler colonizer figures you know it's always talking they're always talking like white man to white man mm-hmm. you know like the like the settler ranchers in Broken Ear the like that random house in the middle of the jungle in Cigars of the Fair, it was like, oh, we are white people colonizing and settling this place. We will help one of our own who is Tintin. And it's like, um, great. Yeah. But, and it's just the fact that it feels like this was such a shoulder shrug, like, obvious staple of, like, adventure books yeah. at the time, because it's like, you know, with the exception of, like, Chang and the occasional, like, brown person or whoever that like Tintin saves it's like Hershey can't seem to conceptualize that like Tintin could have an ally in like a, a person of a different race than him yeah mm-hmm. and you see this character yeah. in in stuff like Asterix or like you know other Gossini like Gossini comics had they had like this type of character a lot also like even even though they were they, they, it got to a point where it was like it became like a joke character but it still like showed up like it's it's bad like what do yeah. you mean in Asterix because like the the setting of Asterix is so removed yeah from, I mean like... not not necessarily I mean they they do go to Egypt right like they they do like every time they go across the sea but then also like Gossin like the author of Asterix wrote a couple of other comics and one of them does take right. place in in the Middle East um uh-huh. And that has like this type of staple character a lot. So, yeah, yeah. And on like a literal level, I mean, when when you said you know they're always talking white person to white person, this guy has like a like on the literal page, he's got a different way of speaking. Like his dialogue is written with his own like diction, and it's very uh, it's like meant to be broken English. So yeah, it's just another I, level. I... Yeah. And he's not the only character. There's like another character, like again, like brown character speaking to a white character, like who does this? And mm-hmm. uh, somewhere, I like I noticed yeah. it. But I don't know where. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like they they find the name, which is uh Omar Ben Salad. Mm-hmm. Which is supposed to be a funny salad joke. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Where's my salad? Yeah. Funny, <laughs> funny name jokes. I like don't even register at this point because that's. I like, know that like Terry Pratchett still does that on the books we cover on Watches the Watch, and those are like from the nineties. So. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. None, none of them are dicky wimpy or whatever, yeah. so it doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's no harm necessary. In yeah, this. there's no innocent doo doo. So who's laughing? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like there's a there's a funny bit where Thompson twins fall down the stairs. Um. Very funny. And then like they're kind of off on the trail of this yeah. Omar Ben Salad guy. There is actually there is a bit. There's one of the, one of the bits in this book that I respect is where the Thompson twins get kicked out of a mosque for wearing shoes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, because that is very much haha funny white guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, funny white guy doesn't know to take off shoes. Haha. Yeah. Meanwhile, Tintin is cosplaying a comic uh, on the streets, and uh, he is like playing a beggar man. Um, <laughs> yes, he yeah. trips somebody with his long pole thing. This is a subversion of like. Tintin's ingenious disguises that we had like in previous comics it was always like oh the bad guys were like following a guy who was very much looked like Tintin wearing shades and a beard but then it was a real beard and this is I guess Mm -hmm. a subversion where Tintin actually does just like do a very shitty disguise like he has done some (laughs) with questionable uh, content but some (laughs) effective disguises yeah 
but this one is just well, like him wearing, like literally wearing a fake beard and sunglasses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the big uh, what's the name of the cloaks that I learned? And the big burners. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I like is that um, Hershey has drawn this character in like the big cloak, the glasses, the beard, disguise. You cannot see any of like this character's facial features, but like. It's just, it's so clear that this yeah. is Tintin in disguise, like, you know. Yeah. Because I, I think maybe previously, Hergé would have, like, sort of done the bit of making sure, drawing something to make sure you know it is Tintin. Yeah. But, like, at this point, there have been so many Tintin disguise bits that, like, you know, you immediately, obviously know that it's Tintin. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm I'm far quad pointing and saying white, <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he's going about in disguise. He follows, he sees Alan and follows him. Um, follows him to like a place. Uh, Snowy does steal a joint. Haha, <laughs> funny joint. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like a whole bit with the joint. Yeah. That Snowy takes. Um, and Tintin like ends up in a room. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's um, a room with these humongous uh, barrels that could easily hold mm-hmm. several people. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but he doesn't, he doesn't realize that that's po- a possibility for him to search until he makes a, uh, boy genius reference. <laughs> so. but I, I love that, like, cause Diogenes to me is like a Tumblr joke. <laughs> okay. For some reason in my mind, when I think about Diogenes, I think about funny Diogenes Tumblr posts. Yeah. So like Tintin is also posting on Tumblr about Diogenes. Tintin would. He would. <laughs> Tintin online. Yeah, he's that this man be living in a barrel. <laughs> he discovers the idea of looking into a into the barrel by like making a Diogenes reference and then trying to uh, trying to explain Diogenes to Snowy, uh, which is yeah, he's explaining his hilarious joke to his dog, yeah, which is cute. <laughs> hey, um, Snowy. <laughs> the, the thing, the thing that Tintin kind of forgot here is that he himself has been hiding in barrels in previous comics. <laughs> <laughs> He could have made a Tintin reference instead of a Diogenes right. reference. But <laughs> and then explained it to Snowy. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Snowy, have you heard about this guy called Tintin? <laughs> um, have you read the Blue Lotus? <laughs> so yeah, he finds a secret passage in a barrel. It leads him down to like an underground fucking bunker, which loads of, there's loads of the tins of crab. That's evidence. But in the underground bunker, he hears the voice of his beloved Captain Haddock, Damsel in Distress. Damsel in Distress is being tortured, is being interrogated at Point Tintin. Um, I did kind of pog at this. I thought it was epic. Yeah. Yeah. He throws a can um, at him. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. there, there's there's already hints of, of... I said this earlier, but there's really already hints of, of Haddock being a great character, and I think this is a... Mm-hmm. This is a good one. Mm-hmm. Like when he is not... When RJ is not, when, not relying on the funny drunk stuff he can be very good and i think like haddock is like already like out of out of like new characters that would show up it's you can kind of sense that this is something that's going to be to become part of the chemistry because like when it works it really does work Mm -hmm. yeah because like you know they do have a special bond even in this book yeah um he runs up to give him hugs and kisses Yeah, and it's like also like whenever Haddock is being tortured, he's like, you know, you know, the Alan is like, yell as loud as you like, no one can hear you. Like for the last time, where is Tintin? It's like it seems he has has been being tortured for like quite a while and has like not said anything about his mm-hmm. crush Tintin. Um, and then it's like the the 
so it's like, first of all, that's pretty epic. Pretty haddock epic moments. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the transition between that panel and like Tintin off screen saying here and throwing a, like a crab of, a crab of can, a can <laughs> of crab into the frame is really good. Like I was doing the lads emoji. Yeah, I pogged. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Tintin, Tintin, Tintin has a gun again, um, which we always like to see. Yeah, yeah. Tintin has a gun. But then he got taken to the, yeah. the, the, the gun place when he was eight years old and not. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and Haddon goes over, he glomps him, and that's when Tintin <laughs> drops his gun onto Snowy's head. Uh, he says, specifically, he says, give me your hand, Tintin, give me your hand, because, you know, they were holding hands in the desert uh-huh. earlier, so. Yeah. You know. Yeah. 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 It's confirmed. Confirmed. Um. It is now. Yeah, he's just. He's so, again, this feels very in line with like how Haddock's character has been thus far established. He is so happy to see Tintin. He's so excited that he immediately ruins yeah. everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but this is better than the previous ones because like, because he's so, cause he, yeah, because he doesn't do it because of alcohol. He just like does it because he's happy to see Tintin. Yeah. Yeah. Now love is the only drug he needs. Yeah. He says, I want to see my little boy. And, <laughs> oh, me when I'm opening a Tintin book. <laughs> Um, so uh, yeah, like they have to run away after this because Tintin doesn't have a gun. Um, and they run away, um, into a wine cellar. Yeah, they accidentally cask of Amontillado themselves. <laughs> <laughs> um, um they, yeah. s- they decide they're gonna like start throwing the bottles of wine that are in there, but uh, the bullets that are being fired at them shoot the the big uh, barrels. Mm-hmm, they shoot some mm-hmm. funny holes into those, and it starts leaking, mm-hmm. and then they get drunk off the fumes. So does this yeah. work? Just is this real? Going off the shit that makes going off the shit that makes Tintin's head gelatinous. <laughs> <laughs> Can you get drunk on just like just like the smell of wine? Roy is Fallon there. Can you ask them? Do they know this? Hey, hey Fallon, can yeah. you can you get drunk off of wine fumes? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say you're in you're in a very small enclosed room and there's a lot of wine leaking out of a big barrel. Could you get drunk off of those fumes under that circumstance? Do you think? I don't know. Maybe the alcohol vaporizes in the air, but also I'm not a science man. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, yeah, I guess there's no recirculating of, air. That's... It's underground. Sure. That's kind of how I actually approached it. I, I assume. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, yeah. this happens within two panel space. Um, it super mm-hmm. does. This has this happens much quicker than when I'm drinking when I'm actually physically drinking alcohol. Like when yeah. when I'm uh orally injecting alcohol into my body, uh that that <laughs> takes longer than them like just breathing it. Maybe. Yeah, well, you know, as all the like rumors re- went around school whenever I was fifteen, you know, like oral ingestion of alcohol is by far the inferior way of consuming alcohol. There are far better ways of doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, God, fucking teenagers are wild. Um, <laughs> yeah, so like they they do the thing where they're drunk and they just start singing because they like that. Yeah, yeah um, this time this is how they get drunk. Yeah, it's it, this is the bit where I was like, this is exactly what the Poison yeah. of Madness did, like, literally. <laughs> um, so the guys go in, they're just like, oh, we could just go in and take them away, which they do. Yeah, so at mm-hmm. this point, um, I thought maybe they're faking it, and, you know, like how Tintin was faking it in, uh, in Blue Lotus, but no, they mm-hmm. just seem to genuinely be drunk. Yeah, no, <laughs> um, because it, like... 
and honestly what's what sells it for me is the um like the pet play kind of shit that Tintin starts doing to Captain Haddock <laughs> on the next few pitches. Oh my god. Really can want to know where that <laughs> um, But first of all, the like the, this um yet again, um Haddock's sicko mode is activated by having his uh, alcohol taken away from him. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, someone is like, give me your bottle, and he starts saying lists of slurs. Yeah, which, there's, okay. there's like there's like two ethnic groups I can discover just like go- going through it really quick, which we talked about that it's bad. But he also says the word politician, which like re- redeems the rest of it, because that's very good. Yeah. He says the yeah. word he says the word slave trader as a as a slur. <laughs> <laughs> he says he says technocrat. He does he said he does say vegetarian, which I think vegetarian <laughs> yeah. is my favorite one of this <laughs> lot vegetarian of slurs. Is very good. Harlequin is very good. Um Yeah. I do like hydrocarbon as well. Fuzzy wuzzy. (laughs) Fuzzy wuzzy. I like gyroscopes or seems gyroscope. Yeah. Yeah. I like coconut. Coconut sounds like some like an insult I would see on like a Tumblr ask. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You absolute fuckable coconut. (laughs) Exactly. God, these are kind of these are all kind of Tumblr, huh? Uh huh. (laughs) You fucking fuzzy wuzzy. Predicted Tumblr quick clickbait article. Uh, yep. Christ. Yeah. Oh yeah, like, and th- this is the bit where like Haddock is chasing after the guys, and Tintin says, "Go on, seek, bite him, seek." <laughs> yeah. And like, I genuinely, I okay. So like, at this, I just think Captain Haddock is like taking over some of the role that Snowy was playing. <laughs> you know, with the alcoholism, <laughs> with the kind of guard dog stuff. You know, with the alcoholism. <laughs> Listen, that was Nui's role two books ago. Yeah. No, you told me, you told me. <laughs> I cannot emphasize enough how this really happened. Yeah. Uh. I mean, yeah, this is, you could, you could interpret it in, in, in this way. That at this point, the, the, the role of Snowy gets taken over by Haddock, by him becoming the secondary. It's the loyal companion. By him becoming mm-hmm. the deuteragonist. Of, <laughs> the deuteragonist of this series, uh, and, and and that's symbolized by like Titan making him literally his dog in in this one panel, <laughs> uh, which is a which is a classic. We'll we'll have to do this in analysis where we where we make this in, in a um, pars pro toto thing. Is that the synecdoche? What what are you talking about? No when idea. like this one panel represents the entire comic. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse, what are you talking about? Or the entire like <laughs> you know which panel? I mean. This the one where the one where Tintin says, "Go on, seek, bite him." Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's listening to slurs. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> That's the comic. That is the comic. This <laughs> really is like this one panel is like Tintin in one panel, the good and the bad. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. Somebody who isn't familiar with Tintin, explain this panel to me. <laughs> actually, actually, technically, he's not naming ethnic groups in this one because I learned that a blackamer is a type of racist statue oh. from the nineteenth century and doesn't refer to a people. It <laughs> does refer to people indirectly. Yeah, but yeah, that it's actually a type of racist porcelain. Yeah, so huh. that's fine. So, I guess so. That's fun. No, that's fine. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> You're allowed to say that one. <laughs> um, 
so yeah, while this is all happening, uh, the Thompson twins have gone to Omar Ben Salad's house and they're like interrogating him. They're being like, oh, we think you did the opium and he's getting mad about it. And just like in the middle of all this, just like the absolute whirlwind of like drunk Haddock and drunk Tintin brackets still doing pet play, close brackets, like burst through his house. And there's this like, it's a lot of chaos. Like lots of people get knocked out. Mm-hmm. It's 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 fun and extremely confusing. Yeah, it's antics. It sure is antics. Yeah. He says some more funny words. He says licorice. Licorice is a good one. Yeah, licorice, licorice parentheses slur. Yeah. <laughs> the worst slur of all. <laughs> um I I also did notice that in this panel, like both Haddock or the, in this little sequence, both Tintin and Haddock like get bonked on the head, which Subbers them up immediately. Yep. So we have that. Uh, yeah, that was what I was thinking about. Yeah, that it just happens yeah. like constantly that they get sobered up yeah. through shock. That's how um, blood alcohol works. Yeah. Yeah, you just bonk on the head. Okay, maybe that's. Maybe if you're. The, whatever species of creature has the jelly head that Tintin <laughs> is, maybe that's how it maybe. works. <laughs> well, it works for Haddock um, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it does work for Haddock. Um. Yeah, the sort of ending of the book sequence is that like everything's been wrapped up except for Alan, who is still at large, um, escapes on a boat. Uh, Hergé does the thing where the Thompson twins get thrown off the back of a vehicle. Yep. Again. yep. Very good. This is the third, fourth time he's done this? They're good at it. So yeah, scratch that off your bingo card. <laughs> um... And, like, that's pretty much it. Like, Tintin goes and catches Alan. He, like, physically fights him. He throws a net on him. And, yeah, then the, um... Like, the Japanese guy from the start shows up to do exposition and tie up loose ends. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, that's the plot of the book. That's it. There's, like, one... Well, that's the that's the plot. There's one final... Yeah. We still got some good shit. One final There's stinger. There's one final... Yeah. Where, uh, where Haddock is now, uh... Giving giving a TED talk about alcoholism, um, about yeah. how bad it is uh, for sailors, and then he drinks a glass of water and passes out from it. Very funny. That was what my opening bit of this podcast was was a reference to. Um, in case <laughs> you were confused, good. but I really like to see Haddock in these panels because like yeah. he's all clean, he's like hair is neatly parted, <laughs> his hair parted so and much. He's giving this. It's such like an emotional speech of like he, he looks nice. Uh, he looks nice in this first the, panel. It is it is not the treacherous reef beneath the sea that is the sailor's worst enemy. It is drink, and then yeah, he drinks a glass of water and and, and passes out. Mm-hmm. And, like the final comic is the captain was taken ill after he'd been drinking a glass of water. Um, <laughs> genuinely, really good. Book. Yeah, very funny. Um, it's good. And then was the comic. Also, Snowy gets a Snowy gets a bone. Snowy in the gets post. a bone. Yeah. Snowy get bone. Snowy get bone. That's podcast. That's podcast. How did we? How did we like this? Hang on, I just need to have okay. a <laughs> Don't worry, it's beer. Like I'll be fine. Um, <laughs> okay, watch out. Just yeah, it's not water. It's not going to make you pass out immediately. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm keeping my blood alcohol at like an acceptable level to keep me functional. <laughs> um, he runs on Bender Futurama rules. Is what it is. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And actually, I noticed because like I got some of the the next like volumes in the post today, and I was like flicking through them, and I noticed that like he has a pipe, like the next in the next book, like he gets a pipe and a hat as his like yeah, it's gonna become little his props. Thing. I didn't even notice that like he doesn't have them here. Yeah, yeah. Well, he 
See, I think maybe Hergé drew him in the butter hat and was like, inspired. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, do we have any final thoughts on uh, the crab with the golden claws? It's pretty good. It has its issues, yeah. but I liked it. Yeah. yeah, I I just I just think the like the alcohol thing was very wearing to yeah. me. Yeah. It was a bit too much. You know, it very it's sort of like because honestly in like stuff like King Autocar Scepter, like the Black Island, there was honestly like a bit more of a plot. Yeah. This just kind of like I mean he goes back to his The plot flew uh, by me. To his his staple plot of like find the you know there's a drug ring and you have to like find the leader and have to like figure out yeah. there, there was less of a it's true because the King Otokai Scepter had like a pretty decently set up mystery uh, plot uh, and this one didn't have that like there was never any mystery yeah I just like I know I'm like wondering how like it just kind of feels a bit like empty and I'm just wondering if that has anything to do with the fact that he just started working for like a Nazi-run newspaper and was like yeah. dealing with that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I think he was also it. he was also dealing with su- being suckered into the fan fiction plot of <laughs> uh, being forced to marry <gasps> his coworker <gasps> so he doesn't lose his job. Yeah. yeah. Oh, th- that that was like ten years before this. Oh well, whatever. You're still dealing with it every day. <laughs> yeah. It's just gonna get like he's gonna keep being married her- to her for like thirty more years. Yeah. Because I guess he was also Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I think I give this like a 3 out of 5. It's it's decent. I was going to say 3 out of 5, uh, yeah. Which, yeah, that sounds about right. Which makes it fall in our rankings between King Otokai and um, yeah, Cigars of the Pharaoh. Right. right in the middle of the 5 we've read so far. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which, which seems perfectly accurate. Um, did, did, did it didn't have really? any like, special powers yeah. in this book. I don't think it did. Did Tintin? He uh, shot he, down a plane with one bullet. That was very. Yeah. That is. That's a he, good one. Yeah. He ran into a burning plane to save two guys. Yeah. And came out unscathed. Mm, mm. So fire resistance and like, you know, the D and D feet sharpshooter. But yeah. Yeah. Um. Oh yes. Uh. Roy. Uh huh. Thank you for coming on our Tintin podcast. Thank you for like dealing with the racism and the alcoholism <laughs> and the like wild shit and discovering our new friend Captain Haddock with us. <laughs> but my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yes. I and and you know, I'm American. I'm used to seeing horrible racist shit, so <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like the, the the horrible racist shit that was like added slash changed for the American yeah, yeah. versions. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. This is a special European flavor. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You get to like find out about new new types of racism yeah. you didn't God. Um, yeah, where could people find you on the internet? Um, people can find me on the internet at, uh, on Twitter at underscore Banui underscore. Uh, I post a lot. I have podcasts. Um, I have a podcast called Podcasting is Forbidden in the Cloud Recesses, which I do with, uh, my funny fiance of the show who's been yelling things oh. periodically. <laughs> No, we, it's about Moto Zushi. Uh, I have another podcast called Nana Roy's Nightmare and Arrow where I read creepypasta. Uh, Janusz is going to be on it in a couple days. That's oh, good. Yep. Yeah. Looking forward to it. If you liked yeah, the that's Russian at. Sleep Experiment episode, um, mm-hmm. you might you <laughs> might have an idea what this one's going to be about. <laughs> if you oh. like the Russian Sleep Experiment episode, <laughs> from the makers of that. Uh-huh. I yep. see. Mm-hmm. Ah. Well, thanks, Adaldus, for for episode. Yeah, I, I'm gonna shout out um, two new things. 
real quick Ooh. that mm. is coming to the Who Watches the Watch Patreon. Uh, hopefully, by the time this episode is out, those things are also gonna be out. Um, first of them is we're gonna start a new like Patreon show where we talk about bad movie musicals and the first episode we have recorded is on Dear Evan Hansen so you might want to listen to that. Thank God. Uh, And the the other thing is, you guessed it, we're starting book two of Immortal Incantations. Um, (laughs) Let's go! Let's go! We haven't recorded that one yet but by the time this episode comes out, that should be out so that's on patreon.com slash watches the watch. Let's fucking go. Well, listeners, we've all got places to be. We've got books to write. We've got things to do. We will see you in... Uh, uh, oh, yeah, we will see you on a shooting star. Uh-huh. Let's see how problematic right. that one is. <laughs> Woof! Well, we will learn about the Nazi invasion of Belgium and their takeover of the magazine Le Soir. I will take the high road. And I'll take the low. That's a lovely tin whistle that me mother sent to me. Well, it's many a day I've travelled a hundred miles or more. But tobacco in a tin whistle, sure I never saw before. And as I went home on Thursday night, as drunk as drunk could be, I saw two boots beneath the bed where my old boots should be. Well, I called me wife and I said to her, Will you kindly tell to me Who owns them boots beneath the bed Where my old boots should be Ah, you're drunk, you're drunk, you silly old fool Still you cannot see They're two lovely geranium pots me mother sent to me Well, it's many a day I've travelled A hundred miles or more But laces in geranium pots I never saw before And as I went home on Friday night, as drunk as drunk could be, I saw a head upon the bed where my old head should be. Well, I called me wife and I said to her, Will you kindly tell to me who owns that head upon the bed where my old head should be? Ah, you're drunk, you're drunk, you silly old fool. Still, you cannot see. That's a baby boy that me mother sent to me Well, it's many a day I've travelled A hundred miles or more But a baby boy with his whiskers on Sure I never saw before